This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM Firth. 93.7 The Ticket. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. <laughs> what? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Buck. Hold up. Welcome back on the block with Stricken Bach. We have a short second hour today. We'll be closing out in about 45 minutes. Got a big game going on that we're going to have to tap out for. But right now, we're going to talk a little bit about who we feel is going to stay and who's got to go, possibly, and your thoughts on that. If you have a thought on who in this next segment, we're going to be talking about a few coaches that's out there on the wire right now with some information. There's some rumor. There's some speculation. And then there's going to be some considerations of what we feel or what we think may happen potentially in the coming days with two particular coaches. I mean, this can happen to anybody. Go, you know, you go figure these days. There's so much uh, things that can turn around in a given moment. But these two are right now, we we know for sure, are kind of on the hot seat. And the word on the wire is it's a possibility that one may go and which one you think may go. Or do you think both may go? If you feel that way, call us on the, uh, Hanna Lincoln Hotline at 402-464-5685, or you can also text us at the 402 on the Soderhaman text line, 402-464-5685 as well. So basically, the question is today, who do you think has a better opportunity of keeping their job, Brian Harson or Herm Edwards? <laughs> We've been talking about coaches and who had wins and losses in the in the signing day, the the NS, uh, 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 you know, the national signing day. Um, we're trying to figure out who may fall short of seeing those signees remain, and it is a very possibility. So, Bach, you know, there's a um, you know some the rumor mill is spinning out there, man, and it's it's a lot of talk. Let's start with Brian Harson. Uh, what's your thoughts on Brian Harson? the situation? Obviously, we just talked to Mitch Sherman, and Mitch Sherman mentioned that, um, uh, you know, we have, you know, one of our Bellevue West grads, one of my my uh, alma mater grads is heading out to Auburn, and it's a possibility the guys that was recruiting him may not be there any longer. There's been a lot of turnover. Um, it's been crazy how many coaches – like, you know, more, you know, there's the, the, the thing that we're going to see here is you have two different things. There's been a lot of, lot of loss of coaches. One lost coaches by means of getting rid of them. And the other one lost coaches by them getting rid of themselves. So, you know, that's what makes them kind of equal. Is there's been a lot of loss of coaches, but some are leaving just because they're looking for greener pastures and others are leaving because they got the boot. So with Brian Harson. How do you feel about the situations, the rumors? Um, some of the rumors out there is right now that, you know, he was clapping 
with 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 an assistant. We and it's speculation. That's <laughs> alleged. We don't know that to be true. The man's a married man, but the word is he was clapping. Uh, you know, giving <laughs> he was giving hand claps to the assistant. So. You know, what's your thoughts about the Brian Harson situation? Yeah, and I don't know about that stuff. I and mean, we know better than anybody around here. If, if you start to couple a couple losses, the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the affair yeah. rumors start to come out, right? Quit, so, yeah. because they have to have a cause, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to find a reason. Um, and uh, and I don't know. I mean, there, there, there seemed to be some smoke to the fire for what it's worth. I don't want to talk too much about the rumor, but it's kind of weird because she was a the, 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 the alleged uh, um, woman was a, was a Boise State <laughs> cheerleader and he wanted to bring her over to be an assistant for Boise or over to Auburn so that's that already make I don't care if there's any rumors or not that's already gonna like what what, what? <laughs> um but uh so that's probably <laughs> that, 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 that's that Scooby-Doo moment that <laughs> <laughs> Are like, you sure she's the most qualified or, uh, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, that's where the rumors start after things get ugly and things have already gotten pretty ugly with Brian Harson down there at Auburn for what it's worth. If you, if you want to catch up on it is, uh, his offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo was fired after the regular season. Uh, of course this all starts on the field to go six and seven. They lost like five games down the stretch. That's of course not going to get it done at Auburn. It was his first year there. Um, so, you know, maybe you give that one year bumper zone, but whatever they're going to need to, to get to do better than that his uh, defensive coordinator Derek Mason left for uh, the same position that he was in at to Oklahoma State so now he lost his offensive coordinator his defensive coordinator he hired Austin Davis a former Seattle Seahawks assistant um, to take over that offensive coordinator spots and it, within six weeks Davis was out he said I'm this is not it for me um, so he's out that doesn't look good and now there's uh, there's some kind of talk among the locker room right or, or on Twitter it's 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 led to Twitter um, where he's had players um, say that the, they basically are, are treated like dogs and I'm quoting that I'm not, I'm not paraphrasing yeah. that that's what he said uh, another guy mm-hmm. said uh, that they uh, uh, smoke Monday who's one of their better players uh, on said that uh, he that since Brian Harson got hired, he never had one conversation with his parents, and he probably doesn't even know their names, so he's pretty upset by that. Other guys on the team are, are sticking up for him and said they didn't need a friend, they needed a coach. So um, there's obviously always different feelings in the locker room, a locker room that big. You're not just going to have one you know, team vote on what the opinion is. Um, but things are, are getting pretty ugly there, and it's getting to the point, and I, I don't know how I feel about athletic directors addressing rumors right we kind of had that already here with Trev Alberts with the the basketball team and it's turned out fine but I I think it's kind of odd to address rumors um there's a lot of talk that within that that athletic department and and they've even you know addressed the rumors they've come out and 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 basically it didn't come out one way or the other they just said they're they're interested they're looking into what things are going on um so it does not look pretty for him obviously he and he had plenty of success coming over from Boise State which is why he was hired um to begin with but um, it's it, sometimes, you know, it could be, like you said, at this point, they're kind of looking like maybe they can try to find a spot, um, to fire him, uh, without having to pay him out a big lump sum, which right now would be in the, in the category of $18.5 million. So that's quite a lot to do. Might set their program back a few years. Um, but that's always the argument. That'll set the well, program yeah, back. They just, they've already had to let Malz on. I mean, they, they already had to touch him up, uh, oh, yeah. you know, with a big buyout. So yeah. double buyouts would absolutely, like you said. It set you back 
tremendous amount of years. Yeah, yeah especially in the SEC. I mean, it's, it's so competitive. But, I, you know, that argument always kind of falls on deaf ears to me because keeping the wrong guy can also set you back two to three years, you know. So uh, we'll kind of see yeah. how it turns out. I'm, you know, I'm kind of try to figure out about um, some of their donors, if they can get that going. But it just – it almost would be will be awkward at this point if he is coaching um, moving forward unless they can come to some sort of conclusion. It just doesn't seem like it's meshing. It seems like an awful fit. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a guy that, that, write, that writes a column out there from uh, AL.com. His name is John Talty. He basically stated, you know, in a quote, you know, he touched in on it. He said, here's what I'm comfortable of saying. There's been a concerted effort to ramp up pressure to make it unattainable for Brian Harson to return for a second year. He said, and Harson has provided plenty of ammo for coaching departures to transfer portal exodus situation moving fast. That, I mean, so that's, that's somebody on the inside that is basically, I, that, you know, that kind of takes it a little bit out of speculation for me to a little bit more of that, you know, that's, that's the case. Also, you know, some of the stuff that they're talking about is that a lot of the boosters um, on the onset, didn't feel he was the right guy. Yeah. So even the more, you know, when you have the ones that support the program or behind the program that already didn't feel that he was the number one guy that they felt strongly about, and then all of a sudden he's he's that, and then this is all going on. And then the players, you know, once you lose the players, I mean, p- players, I mean, a significant amount of his defensive line jumped into the portal um, you know, that's kind of crazy. And then when you have the coaching situations where you, you, I mean, it makes you say, Hmm, you know, when you, when you got those types of things going on, guys are making horizontal moves, guys are taking less moves, you know, Lee Hunter, one of their guys that was, you know, making strong, strong, uh, had a strong presence on the defensive line. He leaves Auburn in the sec to go to down here to Florida, USC, you know what I mean? I mean, UCF. So, you know, yeah, that, that, you know, we'll talk about Herm and then we'll say uh, who we think is going to get the boot, uh, potentially uh, get the boot. So the same thing is, you know, exists with Herm Edwards, right? Yeah. Herm Edwards basically, uh, you know, losing season. He's um, he basically also with the NCAA investigations that are going on, you know, he finds himself in a situation with only five commitments and that is the lowest of any power five school and arguably the most talented team to come through Tempe in years and not realize their full potential. That's what a lot of people are out there saying right now that, you know, with all the talent that has come through there in that shorter span of time, you know, to not be able to coach them up and not be able to get more production out of them in a down pack 10, that that's something that's not bowling well. Now you've got NCAA, uh, you've got NCAA, AA uh, allegations looming over your head. Now, the one thing that I will say is that I think with that situation, it's easier and it's better and it bodes better for him to get ahead of it. And so that's that, you know, snitch before uh, somebody (laughs) snitch before it hits the fan. Right. So that's a different situation. So when you're winging it, you know, you have a situation where allegations pop up after the fact. And then you have a situation where he's getting ahead of it and dumping the trash out before it starts smelling. Right. So there is that situation and there's the balance of those things. What do you, what's your take on the Herm Edwards situation? 
Well, it just it doesn't seem well put together, right? I mean, it's a, it's a it's a situation now. If you, if you haven't if you didn't know about the the violations, it was for bringing guys in during the COVID dead period, and, and nobody was allowed to bring people in. They said, "Well, we're still going to do it." And remember, this is at the height. You know, this is kind of the height of the COVID um, situation. So maybe right. now you feel a little bit more comfortable going out to your local grocery store or whatever. This was you know this was when it was uh, uh, everybody was kind of locking down. So it, it's it, it's interesting um, from that angle. Um, that they've they've seemed to have moved all the blame to the, uh, all the assistants. Five assistants now have been fired off of that staff because of that. You know, in d- direct relation to that. So you're you're in one of these situations again. We've been in them before, where you're told to believe, I suppose, that Herm Edwards was out of the loop, didn't know that this was going on, and that's highly. You know, that's really hard to believe. Um, I don't know if they've directly said that, but, I mean, that that's kind of, you know, it just looks like they're placing the blame on some other people, including Antonio Pierce, who, who was uh, a defensive coordinator there, an up-and-coming defensive coordinator. Uh, he, was, he was the latest to be let go. But it's weird because these moves are happening, um, you know, you, you know, after a few weeks they've been firing different guys. Another thing is they're one of their even, uh, <laughs> as far as it goes, their uh, football equipment operations guy was even uh, fired because apparently he was taking money in exchange for equipment for, within the coaching staff. So it's wow. it's just a complete mess there with Herm. Yet they, they've talked about recently they've been bringing in um, different guys as, you know, off-the-field analysts or whatever, former NFL guys like Brian Billick um, just a couple weeks ago. So I don't know. I, I think Herm at least feels – some sort of support there from the staff, uh, from the athletic department that he's still trying to, to piece it together. But I just feel like if you, if you have to fire all the assistants then maybe the head coach was in on it too. Yeah. I mean, that is some speculation and you're absolutely right. I think he's, he's, uh, let me just ask you this question after I state this point, but Edwards, the athletic director, Ray Anderson basically um, uh, told the players on Thursday that Edwards will remain the Sun Devils head coach. Now, here's the crazy thing about that. You, I mean, you got to say that, right? You, you don't want everybody hightailing it for the uh, transfer portal uh, because of some form of uncertainty, right? There's already some uncertainty. I don't know who's going to be my running backs coach. I don't know who's going to be my receivers coach. You know, I, I really like the linebacker coach. You already probably got some of those things. And so there has to be some reassurance. What do you, who do you feel out of those two has the most opportunity of going bye-bye for this upcoming season? I think Harson. I, I think in, in for what it's worth, Pierce, uh, apparently reading up on it, I want to clear a little bit of it, that was, was not connected to the, um, was not connected to the NCAA scandal. I mean, he was promoted to defensive coordinator, so um, it maybe just seems like a mutual parting or something where he's looking for NFL opportunities. Didn't feel, you know, maybe felt like he didn't know whether he was going to have a job next year. So it's time to to just move out uh, on from that situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think that, like I said, it seems to be there's some sort of backing for Herm Edwards in Arizona State for what it's worth. He's uh, he's been there a few years. He's had the team in the top 25. He's got a 25 and 18 record, I believe, over. Overall, there much better than Brian Harson's uh, six and seven year, whatever it was at Auburn, five and seven. I'd have to look it up again to see where exactly where it was, but a losing season to start out. Um, and so I think six and seven, you were right. six and seven, yeah. So I think that that's uh, you know I, I I think that's a better indicator that he's going to stick around. It, it's just crazy. 
crazy that it's going to make it through it because I didn't expect it when once all this stuff started heating up. But, it, I mean, he made it through all the way through the season, um, and so I think they're going to stick with him. But uh, Harson, it, it seems like they're, they're looking for ways to get rid of him rather than ways to keep him. And for Edwards, it looks like they're trying to find reasons to keep him uh, if they can keep him clean rather than get rid of him. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. I think Harson's probably the, the one that I would envision taking a dump in the toilet. <laughs> um, getting washed down. Yeah. Um, the reason being too is um, anytime your president or athletic director and they make a statement via social media or to somebody who has the means of do social media, whether it be a um, an organization, an agency, a paper, or whatever the case may be, whenever you have that, <clears throat> and then his statement is, we have our attorneys looking into the matter a little bit more in depth. I'm paraphrasing, yeah, but I saw it. And they're looking at more, you know, they're looking into the means and there will be a decision that will be made appropriate decision of some sort. Right. So that, that goes to show me that if there's any speck of information where they can add a clause or it, it pops into that clause, it looks like they're going to dump him. So they're just trying to evade, they're trying to avoid, taking a double, a back-to-back payout situation. Oh, yeah. So if they can find it, they're going to, and, and, and mind you, them attorneys, they dig into the info. They look and they investigating. They're sitting down with everybody and their mama. And then if they can get one of the uh, the players disgruntled or not to say, I saw it, they're, they're going to figure out a way. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I heard it. I heard the... <laughs> well, they might. <laughs> no, because they were saying it was going on in the office. Some people were saying it was happening in the office. So, for what's know, worth, they, uh, heard, they was there it's, late lifting it. It's okay, bad I'm enough. Done, done. It's bad enough that Mrs. Harson took to Instagram <laughs> to address the rumors. I mean, it, it, that's why. Right. That's why I just think the situation altogether is just toxic. If I'm even the Harson family, do I want to stick through? Have a bunch of guys sniffing right. around the next, you know, the athletic department. My family's already been brought into it. You know, especially if it's you know not true, then it's like okay, I, I, you know, and it's your first year there. You're just not. It just doesn't seem like to be a very good fit. And who knows? Uh, Who's gonna if they're gonna have to pay it out or not? I mean, we'll we'll have to see how that turns out. But um, I, I mean, just, I know. Oh, I'm just saying. I, I've already seen like well, for what it's worth, in the Arizona State side as well. But you know, plenty of articles starting to look for the next Auburn coach or what kind of uh, options they have beyond Brian Harson because it just it it just doesn't seem like. I mean, it, it'll be awkward if he's the head coach going into next year um, with some of the stuff that's come out over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I also too, man. I, I've been in a situation where there's been rumors. You know, we had that going on with Danny Nee. Um, you know, there was speculation that one of the players ended up getting boosted out because. Now again, this is rumor. No, you know, we're not saying. But I'm saying this only right. to say that I understand what it's like when the rumor can start to pan through and you know, a player ends up getting booted. He probably would have been on our team when I was a freshman had um, this, this rumor that came out that he was, you know, tapping in on coach Nee's wife. So, you know, that, that thing was out there and it was so out there that when we played in Missouri, you already know what the antlers are going. The antlers was going, they were going in on that rumor. I mean, it was not even funny. So, I know what that's like. It can be detrimental to the team if it, you know, 
spreads yeah. and get some traction. <laughs> All right. So let's, 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 I think what we got, yeah, we still got a little bit of time. Let's, um, you know, so let me get, let me get your thoughts. I mean, I, mean, I asked the question of Ms. Sherman. I mean, who do you think is some, some winners and losers in the uh, national signing day? Well, we talked about Arizona state with all the speculations. It, it's been kind of difficult for them um, to get going. I, I think Mitch hit, hit it right on. I mean, Texas A&M is the biggest winner. It might be the best recruiting class of all time. And just this notion from Jimbo that NIL had nothing to do with it is silly because there's nothing, um, you know, and then it's it still is. I mean, maybe it's silly on my side to have a complete speculation, but usually, if you can't connect the dots, right? Like, why is why is Texas A and M above all these teams that are winning national championships, and um, you know, in 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 where they usually are in the recruiting rankings? Not that Texas A and M is usually bad, but seven five stars that's a that's a new high for them. Is it all just this belief that things are moving in the right direction in College Station? Or, you know, how do you connect those dots? Maybe there's a, you know, some of the, the line between the dots has a few money uh, ropes attached to it. So, I mean, I think I think yeah. it's silly to say that it's not. I, if I was Jimbo, I don't I don't think at this point you have to feel ashamed by it. I think that maybe he's trying to cover his back as far as with the university. You're not supposed to be always directly related to it. Um, but I would instead embrace it. Go the other way. Like, you know, talk about the opportunities that, that are there in College Station. It doesn't make you less of a head coach coach because you're not recruiting uh you're not getting it done just based on recruiting um so i think that that's kind of kind of uh, one of the big winners obviously um Nebraska at least has it climbed up there at the end that you, that, that you could feel like they did pretty well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think so, so far that that would probably be my list without diving too deep into some, uh, what are the, when, you know, in every conference, what they've done. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it just kind of goes with the trouble that's off the field or, or the speculation that's off the field. Usually those teams aren't doing too well in the recruiting, um, and then there's other teams that, that are able to do well. I mean, North Carolina is a good example of a winner. That's a team two years ago had a really great year. Um, re-signed Mac Brown uh, this past offseason after a six and seven year. Not great, but they finished in the top ten, still using that momentum right. from the previous season. Yeah, I, I would say the winner for me probably, I would have to look at Texas. Surprisingly so. I mean, they're not, the Texas team is not supposed to pull off a top five recruiting class with a five and seven record. Again, is this a UIL type of situation that they got that good money that spread around? But Texas, you know, with the season that they had and, and you know, was very non, you know, top recruiting-ish for me. So there has to be something else involved in that. I mean, um, they they were able to pick up some concerns on their uh, their offensive line. They had seven additions there. Uh, some of the top guys that they were able to pull out of that, uh, that rabbit out of the hat was Kevin Banks and uh, Kelvin Banks and Devin um, Campbell. They got a DB named Terrence Brooks, and uh, he's going to be a strong addition for them in that in that secondary. And so, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to pull out. Uh, he had some good success this year and uh, getting ahead of the SEC move, this may bode well for him. If he can pull off a winning season after pulling uh, the rabbit out of the hat for this one, I think could be um, okay for them. What about losers for you? 
Uh, yeah, just before we, we get that done, I didn't I didn't want to oversight as well. Oklahoma, um, with everything that was, was going on between them, I mean, they lost a lot of the players on the roster, still able to finish with the top 10 class. Michigan, the same thing. Their coach is out, you know, taking interviews on signing day, uh, yet they're still able to have a top 10 class. Um, you know, some of the teams that aren't normally up there uh, in the top 15, Indiana, a top 15 class, that's definitely a big win for them. These are the, all these rankings, uh, according to rivals, but, you know, they're kind of pretty close uh, depending on the site that you go to. Um, Arizona has had a historically bad year. They, they still were able to get a five-star and finish with a top 20 class. So uh, a lot of a lot of schools doing pretty well um, to, to do that. For a lot of the teams that ended up being losers, it's, it's like – um, you know, it's it's tough to look through because it's Nebraska. It, like it's Nebraska's problem, right? A lot of them have short classes, so that kind of hurts um, your overall stock. Um, Virginia Tech didn't do necessarily good as they normally do. They're right, they're tied with Nebraska, but they have six more guys. Not a four star in the class for them. Um, you know, you look at uh, some of the the bigger classes that um, missed out. A, a lot of the teams, once you kind of go down the line, it's just those smaller classes. But like Kansas State finishing 60th, Kansas and Kansas State, both at the bottom of the Big 12, and maybe that's not surprising geographically, but Iowa State was number three in the Big 12. Uh, and, you know, they, they're a team that historically can struggle. And obviously they've had the wins on the field that have helped that out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think those are some of the, the general thoughts that I have there. And, and, by the way, it's always fun also, too, to run through Army's <laughs> recruiting class, um, obviously, because <laughs> we know, you know, you know, kind of the dy- dynamic that goes there. I don't know if this is a mis- misprint, but they have uh, – I'm going to look it up because it says they have 88 uh, new new recruits. So <laughs> I don't know if they just flip over yeah, the team or that's what. A crew, that's a team and a half. <laughs> that's a big class right there. <laughs> that, that's a brigade. That's a <laughs> – that's a brigade. That's an army unit. I, yeah. mean, I didn't. I on? didn't notice that until I just looked at it. I'm. I'm. I'm going to look into that now. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Well, on the way out the door for the break, I think Florida State maybe was a loser. Um, the reason being is that if they're going to get anywhere near the top of the ACC again, and the ACC is not a top of the line conference as it used to be, you know, Mike Norville, he thought he was on track. You know, this December looking at a top 10 potential class, getting the overall number one prospect in Travis Hunter, who then Deion Sanders swoops in from cornerback and then starts stepping on him all the way to the, uh, to the end zone and lands him there at Jackson state. So that was a, a crazy deal. I got a mosquito in honey. To kill him. He did. Yeah. He, he needs got to him. die. I didn't Just want him. Swipe. I didn't want him sneak, sneak. I didn't want him doing like Deion did. Uh, to try, uh, to uh, Mike Norville down there in Florida yeah. State in the middle of the night. He, he's sneaking some blood out of me and uh, taking my player. But, yeah, man. But overall, they didn't do too bad. They did finish inside the top 20 overall. But, you know, obviously he would have looked to be better. I think that was a big loss for him because other commitments also that they hoped or got pledges from fell through. So they could have been way better. I thought that might have been a little loss for me. So. We're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back for the last segment. Remember, we're leaving a little bit early tonight, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Braun and Brawny. And when we come back after this on The Block. The Block. 